my name is Dominic, and I am uh, here with Kieran and Clark today, and we are going to discuss voting reform. Clark and Kieran are from NFPTP, a subreddit which is devoted to electoral reform. I am going to go now and let them introduce themselves. Kieran Dowdery has been investigating alternative voting methods since 2010, studying every method he can find. Most recently, he has been looking at improvements to multi-seat implementations of score voting and working with Counted, an organization working on advancing score voting in Washington and beyond. My name's Clark Reed. I grew up in Arizona, and I recently moved to Alabama for medical school, so I'm a first-year medical student right now. Um, I became interested in voting reform a few years ago, and since then it kind of became a hobby of mine to study voting theory, and I'm pretty active in the subreddit and FPTP and First Past the Post. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm happy to do the podcast with you, and thanks for this opportunity to talk about it. So uh, I'm hoping it connects with our other guy. Uh, let's see if it does. All right. Uh, so Clark, what really got you into uh, voting reform? Um, that's a good question. I don't exactly remember the first time that I thought about it. I think my friend was talking to me. And he told me about uh, instant runoff voting. I think we were talking about spoilers or something. Uh, and I was like, wow, that sounds like a really good idea. Why haven't we been using it? And so I started looking stuff up online. Uh, I think that one, you've probably seen that CPG Gray video about yeah, problems with the first past the post. Yeah. And once I saw that, I was like, yeah, that is kind of a big problem. <laughs> so I started researching it and trying to figure out what the best thing to do was. Okay. I'm sending him another one. Same from his email this time. Okay. Uh, for me, I just, it was pretty much CGP Grey as well. Yeah, <laughs> that video is really good. Explains it really, it really is well. good. It's really done. Uh, I, 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 now that you've been on RFPTP, I know that, that, oh, here he is. Yeah. So how do we pronounce your name? Uh, I was having trouble earlier with that. Incorrectly? <laughs> Kieran. Kieran, Okay. Kieran, sweet. So I, I was asking uh, Clark over here about uh, how he got into voting reform. So how about you? Um, oh, goodness. It's been a number of years. I don't remember what it originally was. I don't think it was originally the CGP Grey videos, but, um, but yeah, something like, C shoot. CGP Grey has uh, had a pretty tremendous impact. I think he did. I think he did. Um, he 
he's very good at presenting information in an easily accessible format. Um, and definitely what he, what he spoke about his videos actually got me further into it, but I distinctly remember having discussions about this sort of stuff, um, during my master's program back in like 2008 or something like that. So I've, I've been playing around with this field for a while now. So you got your master's. So, uh, so what do you do for a living? Um, I'm, well, I'm a computational linguist by, um, approach, which basically translates to uh, data science and information extraction, specifically looking at complicated systems using the human mind, such as language. Um, but mostly it's machine learning these days, so. Yeah, that's huh. what I do. That's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty good. So what, what kind of machine learning? Are we talking about like, like Siri and... Um, uh, Alexa, that kind of stuff, or different kind of machine learning. Oh no, no. Um, my stuff. Uh, that's that sort of thing, but I have um opinions. Um, no. Though I can say that my soft, that the software that I personally worked on, is in every is in the speech interface for every twenty seventeen and later model year Toyota and Lexus sold in North America. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> nice. I mean, that's, it's actually kind of fun coming at voting from a um, data science perspective. Yeah, for sure. So do you like 538? Oh my goodness. Nate Silver is my hero. <laughs> um, yes. 538 is wonderful. It's, it's very interesting. I'm actually quite pleased with a lot of the stuff they're doing because not only are they saying, hey, here's the statistics, but they're also trying to explain it in a way that makes it accessible to the average person who hasn't taken statistics, despite the fact that it has more impact on their life than, you know, calculus. Um, <laughs> and presenting. So when they do polls, they say, okay, here the, here's what we know from polling, but we don't know exactly because statistics is hard, especially when nobody answers their phone anymore. Yeah. Uh, statistics is a very useful, ubiquitous field of mathematics that completely violates standard expectations. I mean, it, it seems bizarre that you'd be able to ask a little over a thousand random people and get a really high confidence in what the result, what the opinion of the entire nation is, but it, the math, the math works out. <laughs> but trying to explain that to people, and let's not even get into Bayesian statistics. <laughs> what I really like about uh, Five Thirty Eight is sort of how they, uh, you, you know, they pretty much model polls based on how biased they are. That's how it's. Yes. Out. Yeah, um, they're doing meta analysis, and as you say trying to recognize what skew the the polling procedure will have um yeah that's i do i do like a lot of the stuff that they have um their stuff on gerrymandering was quite interesting as well 
Huh, I didn't know that uh, 538 did stuff on gerrymandering. I oh, only yeah. really used them for basketball. We're <laughs> <laughs> good at that, too. I, I, you know, as like a New England Patriots fan, which is going to offend yeah, so many yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. I used 538 to make myself feel good about myself. <laughs> yeah, but I genuinely have to question whether it's actually Brady or probably Belichick. I mean, Belichick. <laughs> to be fair to be fair to the man yes he pushes the rules as far as he can but if if i'm being perfectly honest he's probably the best coach the best football mind the sport has ever seen yeah him and, and nick saban. could be and who nick saban um i'll take your word oh. i haven't paid attention <laughs> I used to be a Chargers fan, and then um, Spanos stole my team and moved it somewhere else. I mean, it's his team, sure, but whatever. Um, yeah, so he's he's good, and I'd be very interested to see what would happen if another if to see Brady under a different coach or a different quarterback under um, under Belichick. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. I think it's time we start getting into the first part of the podcast. So part one is sort of a topic of just a general discussion of FPTP. You know, people that don't know about it, its flaws, and just sort of historical voting systems in the United States. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess if you've seen the CPG Gray video, uh, that does a good job of explaining kind of the – the spoiler effect and how spoilers can end up leading into a two-party system. And I think that's the main, that's my biggest thing with first past the post Mm -hmm. is it ends up with that two-party system because people don't want to spoil the election and steal votes from a similar minded candidate. So it kind of determines who runs in the race in the first place. That's sort yes. of my thing with instant runoff voting. When people like say like they criticize instant runoff voting, and instant runoff voting is not nowhere near the best voting system. But in the United States, when they criticize it because it can lead to like a non-core Dorsey winner winning, I'm like, first past the post has that same problem, but first past the post also has the spoiler effect in it. Uh, so, yeah. so does instant runoff voting. Well, that is true because if you have a candidate that sort of gets eliminated too early, yeah. Right. Uh, um, so I'm. I currently live in Washington, um, and we have a top two primary. So it's or it's called jungle primary down in California, or the um, Louisiana primary because that's where they had it originally, um, at least originally in the United States. Uh, France, uh, Brazil, a number of countries also have a two round primary. Um, Egypt had it in their recent 2012 election as well. Um, for for my state, um, I ran three years, I checked three years worth of primary data, and there's no difference between instant runoff and the top two primary. And you what you end up with often, sometimes is a case where somebody, particularly in the middle, um, gets eliminated, even though they're the second choice of both ends. So you mean like the um, mm-hmm. candidate, like that race? Couple- Sorry, say again? Like, remember, like, I think it was like they had like a, a criminal versus a KKK supporter, 
and the one guy in the middle sort of got screwed over by the jungle primary. I, I forget this. I I don't know the um ninety six uh, election or something. I don't I don't know anything about the the ninety six election. I do know that um in two thousand twelve in um in two thousand twelve in Egypt they had their first election after the Arab Spring, and you had um three candidates that that actually looked like they were going to be a decent had a de- have a decent choice chance um one was from the muslim brotherhood another was a former member of the just ousted government and the third was a guy who got kicked out of the muslim brotherhood for not being muslim brotherhoody enough and it ended up being between the the top two vote getters were the muslim brotherhood guy and the government that we just kicked out guy and the guy who was who got kicked out of the muslim brotherhood is he was um he was eliminated in the top two runoff sorry yeah in the top two runoff which is kind of sad because according to all of the polling and yes i know we just discussed how unreliable polling can be sometimes but according to the polling he probably would have won head to head against anything else um any either of those two candidates um Similar, a similar thing happened back in 2009 in the city of Burlington, Vermont. Um, uh, Andy Montrell was a Democrat, which is the centrist in Bernie Sanders' hometown. Um, he was the Condorcet winner, and he got knocked out of, in the um, he got knocked out in the penultimate round of counting because all of the Republicans believed that yes, they can vote for their favorite candidate. And even if he doesn't win, they'll they'll be transferred. Except the person you have to that only works if the person to whom your votes would transfer hasn't already been eliminated. Yeah, I think the problem with instant runoff voting is it really doesn't lead to centrist candidates. It like it tends to favor like if there's a majority of people that are like dem like like Democrat or Republican leaning, it tends to produce a a left wing candidate if the majority of people are left wing, but it doesn't really tend to produce the sort of centrist candidates. Which is obviously what people usually talk about runoff systems. And uh, speaking of that, I, I did find it. I was the 91 Louisiana governational election. It was between a like a convicted criminal and a KKK supporter. After they were able to beat the the Condorcet winner, who would have been the the, the current governor, uh, they squeezed him out and it ended up being KKK versus criminal. Because yeah, I've heard about that election, and that is. Definitely an undesirable result, I think. <laughs> I, th- I think the, the concern that I personally have with um, instant runoff voting, Hare's method, STV, whatever you want to call it, ranked choice, um, is that it not only does it not pick centrists, it, not, com- not pick, not, not centrists, consensus candidates, it tends to pick slightly... Um, extreme candidates because in in a lot of ways it's very similar to the partisan primary system that most of the united states uses because you have all the people who are let's be perfectly honest there are a lot of people who are going to vote republican it doesn't matter the, the r next to the name is more important than the name itself and likewise on the democrat side um and one of my concerns is that 
it tends to roll up from the edges or roll out from the center. So you end up with something called the center squeeze effect where like in, like in Louisiana, like in Burlington, like in uh, British Columbia, in fact, you end up with cases where somebody who was probably the consensus winner ends up might get uh, generally ends up getting eliminated in favor of someone who has a stronger core support such yeah. as yeah current president i think that's i think of, it oh you can go clark yeah i was just gonna say i think it's important to uh how do you say uh accentuate the the difference between a, a centrist winner and a consensus winner lots of times we people say the word centrist but what they're trying to say is most representative. And I, I think that uh, it's important for us as uh, voting theorists not to make this a, a partisan issue. And when you say the word centrist, it can sometimes sound like you're saying this set of political ideals that are, that are not right or left, but in the middle. What we're trying to say is that these are the ideals that fit the most people and that could change from geographical area. So you, in like, you know, in Arizona is usually pretty much a red state. So the, the consensus winner in Arizona might be red. And then in, you know, Washington, it might be more like a progressive winner that is the consensus winner, you know. I, I, was gonna, so I just wanted to clarify that. Uh, I was going to talk about like instant runoff voting, like with single transferable vote. I think single transferable vote and instant runoff, even though they're theoretically like similar systems i think because single transferable vote how it works with like its proportionality it i think it tends to have a little bit more of a moderating effect because of that than a normal instant runoff voting system especially with like ireland where there's like not a very strong uh left right divide yeah oh the Gael and and fianna fall are they're kind of they've got the same sort of duopoly thing going um as we do uh as a lot of vote splitting systems suffer from. Um, yes, uh, Ireland does have a an advantage in that they use, uh, I believe it's three to five um, uh, TDs yeah. per, uh, per district. Mm -hmm. um, though I'm not certain that the, the way that um, that STV I mean, STV and IRV are the exact same algorithm. It's just that with instant runoff voting, you're done as soon as you've seated one person. The reason that STV might have a um, a tempering influence is that you would get the same sort of extremists from both sides, if that makes any sense. And so instead of just system you need uh you kind of need consensus to build a coalition well yes if you if you need a consent if you need a coalition to form a government then yes it will be tempering but if you only really have two major parties as um as they have in ireland um i mean sure the uh, chin fein technically are there but they don't have a significant um, control of the of the of the doll. Um, I mean, usually Labor Party tends to have a uh, sort of uh, 
and they sort of end up being the king a lot of times. Oh, um, I it's it's been a while since I paid attention to that uh, to to Ireland's uh, um, politics, but um, the concern that I have with given that we do that we in the United States do have a very well established two party system. Um, my concern is that instead of getting a um, a purple district, um, a, a a somewhat purple di- uh, representative for a district, you would have two infrared and two ultraviolet. So it's sort of be like how Malta ended up being, where there's like two parties, but they use single transferable vote. So it's proportional, but you get the extremist sides. Right. That's that is my concern. And if you do not need a, um, and if you don't have enough people outside of those two major parties to be able to deny either side a majority, um, I worry that you're just gonna that it's just going to have maybe a few people in what is basically the status quo. Um. Yeah, uh, I also think that as far as a you know proportional representation goes, that would be a much harder change to make in America than it would to just be changed you know change the voting system to you know rank choice or something. Score. I guess I was uh, this is my second part. So, what do you guys think about uh, like proportional systems such as like ASSET and uh, obviously I know you guys have given a little bit of an opinion already about them. Uh, weighted congressmen, uh, you, you know, some of the more like I guess not even like single transferable voter party list, but just some of the I guess you could say more cardinal based systems. Cardinal based. <laughs> uh, Go ahead. <clears throat> So I was just going to say, we you kind of went all over the place for a bit. I, I, I know. So, I I'm really dumb at this stuff, to be honest. That was me not But you're too trying long ago. to learn. I am trying. You're learning. That's the important thing. I am. Um, I'm like, you hit, system, uh, asset voting, they're not even alike. We haven't even explained to viewers what those two terms mean. Yeah. So, well, let's let's start off by explaining proportional voting. So the, the difference between... A, proportional voting and what we have now is right now we have you know a winner take all system so if if Arizona votes red then uh, and red gets the plurality then they're a red state for their house for their senate Um, what would the a proportional system would be like let's say you combine all the all the states in America and you say, okay, if, if 10% uh, of people vote green, we're going to have 10% of the House be green. If, if 10% of the people vote libertarian, 10% are libertarian in the House. Um, but um, so that's why I think it would be a hard thing to change because you have to either change the districts or you have to change the amount of seats. Um, and so that's not a likely change in the short term for me. There um, are, I don't know. There's Do you have a anything to add? Against, against losing the um, losing my representative. If you go from having your representative theoretically living 
five miles away from your house to 25 miles away from your house, that a lot of people aren't going to be happy with that. It might be yeah. better ideologically, but people still like local representation. So what about like dual member where it's sort of a mix of both, where you have very small districts, but you still have relatively proportional. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think about proportional (laughs) that much because I just don't think it's as likely of a change. I'm kind of like, okay, let's just work. First step is make our single winner districts better. And then, you know, if, if we decide proportional is a good idea from there, then it's like, yeah, I can think about that. But right now we just, we have first past the post in a single winner district. So I'm like, let's just change first past the post and go from there. I, I feel similarly. Um, I'm not particularly keen on the idea of, I don't know if I want to have multi-member districts. I used to be very strongly in favor of it. And as a matter of fact, came up with a, multi-seat winner for cardinal systems but um i'm i'm starting to dial that back because i'm not certain that having lots of people with very different ideas in a legislature is going to be useful unless we also fix how the legislature votes yeah that's a good point Um, uh, uh, it, you get kind of a mixed bag, I think, with proportional systems. Like, uh, for, for one, you have Australia, and they seem to like their proportional representation system. They use it in the Senate. I can't remember if it's Their's the Senate. Senate or the House. It's the Senate, yeah. And yeah. then uh, on another uh, note, you have like Italy. I think they use one as well, and I don't think they're as happy with how their government's working out. You, sometimes you get kind of weird coalitions or single issue parties. So yeah, I don't really know. Party list systems more than like, uh, with like something like a preferential or a cardinal system with proportionality systems. Well, part of it, the, the rise of single issue parties um, really comes down to, uh, that's kind of what I was talking about when I mentioned the idea of, of extremes. It's, it, it's probably more accurate to say that it's more single issue, narrow focus parties. Um, apparently Israel has a party list and they have very um, partisan and uh, mutually antagonistic parties because they, because their parties, as I understand it, I haven't done as much looking into Israel. You're, as you're totally right. They, they can never have a government last a full time. And part of that is, again, it goes back to it's not consensus, it's represent, representation. And part of my concern, part of the reason I'm not, I'm no longer as confident in the benefit of um, proportional representation as I used to be, is precisely that if you're going to have a bunch of groups that straight up aren't going to get along, aren't going to be able to cooperate well enough to do, to, to pass legislation that needs to be passed. I'm not certain that's a, that's going to be much better, much better than having single seats that meaningfully represent their districts. Yeah. So that, for, yeah, for me, it's like, yeah, that's up for 
debate. I don't really have a strong opinion on that. But what I do know for sure is that uh, I don't like first past the post, and I would like to change it to something better, like approval voting or something of the likes. <laughs> um, uh, to go back, uh, you suggested we define some terms for our um, our listeners. Approval voting is um, is in one of the is a subset of cart of the category cardinal voting systems um the two major categories of voting system three i suppose is single mark that's plurality winner first past the post whatever you want to call it um that has partisan primaries no primaries top two primaries that sort of thing um you've got the ordinal or ranked ballots there are at least half a dozen I can think of off the top of my head, include the most popular being instant runoff voting, which has been used in Australia since 1919, stuff like that. Um, and single transferable vote, the multi-seat version is similar to that. Then you have cardinal voting, where the um, where the votes that a that a voter casts for a given for the various different candidates are not dependent on the vote they cast for somebody else. So you can have, so instead of having a first, second, third, you'll have this person gets an A plus, that person gets a D, that person also gets an A plus, whatever. Um, approval voting is, um, as, approval voting is a version of that type of voting system where it's basically pass fail. Yes, I approve of this candidate. No, I don't approve of this candidate. Whoever has the most voters saying that they approve of that candidate, they win. That is something that just passed, um, just passed this no this past November, in the city of Fargo, North Dakota, by something like a two to one margin, not almost. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. I tried to get the one of the ladies organized, or I just kind of decided to go out of the blue. I found her Facebook actually, just looking up people, looking up, looking up. I looked around Fargo. I don't use Facebook, so I created an account from nothing. <laughs> Facebook, you know, is like really bad. Honestly, they like in with a uh, with a. Uh, I don't like Facebook. I'll be honest. I don't like Facebook, <laughs> but I I figured it would be kind of cool if I could have got that lady, <laughs> but didn't work. Didn't work. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. I'm sure she could give some real life insight as as opposed to my theory based <laughs> knowledge yeah. <clears throat> i'm really upset because like i said i had a friend over here he was going to be like the first past the post defender he wasn't as familiar with the uh, voting systems as you guys are but i'm like we were gonna have like a debate i guess even though i i, I think it's pretty clear first past the post is a really bad system but uh yeah. he couldn't to be, fair, to be fair it is a um it is an improvement on what uh the greeks considered democracy athenian um uh the way that uh, the ancient Greeks in Athens did democracy is anybody who wanted to put their name in a hat and they had basically a marble pachinko machine um, that they used to <laughs> let fate decide who was going to be the person. Um, do that today. I mean, look at jury. Jury selection. It's yeah. Way. Yeah. That's a, that's more of a random sampling, I think. 
I'm it's fine for a jury, but I don't know if I'd want to choose a president out of a hat. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very reluctant to, um, as, as interesting as, and as effective as the, uh, sortition aspects of Venetian, um, elections were, um, I'm very, uh, reluctant to include anything that is, uh, non-deterministic anything that's random into a voting method because then i mean shoot we already have cases have for like a decade of people saying not my president imagine how much worse that would be if they couldn't look at look at all of the ballots and say yes this is the correct result according to the rules if you have something where i mean we have multi-million dollar lotteries that get rigged on occasion. You don't think multi-billion dollar positions like presidency would be rigged? Come on. I mean, a guy I know and have a decent amount of respect for in the voting community likes singles, likes random ballot for, for proportional representation. And I'm like, I, how can you think that that's going to fly with any democracy in the world? <laughs> yeah, I agree. So I guess we're getting into now, we're talking about uh, randomness. I guess not really random, but I always thought about like participatory democracy or, uh, and I, I know uh, Chonky, I, I know you post on there. He's like, I can't, I can never, he's like his username. He posts on. and. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. He posts uh, something about that. I've always pronounced it, I think, Chakuni. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, though. Chuck this is part of the problem with people people writing their own names. I mean, not that my actual name would have helped, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so, so what are you saying about what was Chakuni saying? Uh, he, I think he posted something today that was talking about, uh, like, was pretty much proposing a participatory system. Uh, I don't remember. What? I just skimmed through. How do you mean participatory? Like you can like select a candidate and you can just immediately dismiss them. And I guess ask the sort of, a sort of form of this, cause you select a representative that gets to choose the other representatives, which. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. It's like asset. About his asset voting thing again. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> that, 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 that guy has a thing about asset asset voting for our listeners is where is very much like, um, our is a is a form of single mark system. Where, if nobody gets fifty uh, a true majority of the votes, then the then all of the candidates get to negotiate amongst themselves as to how to transfer the votes that they were given. So if you have a thirty five thirty five, um, what's that thirty split? One of the that the candidate with thirty percent of the votes gets to say gets to discuss with the other two, am I going to give my votes to you or you? What will you do for me and my voters in order to um in order to get me to give you my votes? And the other two were doing the same thing. Um, in theory, it could end up with a somewhat representative government. Um, I'm kind of wary about it because how do you know that the, I mean, 
What's to stop a politician from lying to another politician? They lie to us all the time. Of course, there's the way to Congress model. The way to Congress model is actually that's that's not horrible. It's it's actually a pretty decent idea if you have a number of um, if you have people instead of those thirty instead of those candidates having to pick which of them wins. It would be, okay, you got 35% of the votes, congratulations, you get 35% of the votes in the election, in the the legislative body. Have fun. That could work depending on the, um, on on how how many people you have, because you can't pay the salary for all of them, and if, and if somebody can't afford to actually serve on a fraction of the salary, then yeah it could it would be a very um it's a very interesting version of proportional representation where it's where the votes are proportional rather than the seats yeah uh, yeah i don't know how i feel about that yeah I, I when i think of acid voting i think it would work well it'd have to be like separate districts because if somebody got like 51 percent, then they'd have total control and do whatever the heck they wanted individually and my my fundamental sorry go ahead oh i I was just gonna say my my single it does asset does sound good in theory but i just i'm not a very trusting person and i know that we have secret ballots or anonymous ballots so that we can not be uh so there's less corruption, less intimidation, buying votes, things like that. And with asset, the the more transfers there are with my vote, I feel like every transfer opens up another door for some sort of buying or some sort of uh, intimidation or Quid pro something quo like that. Because yeah, because you you lose that that anonymity uh, with every transfer. So I don't know. The other concern that I have for it is that in every election I have seen, um, the with, with ranked ballots that I've actually looked at the ballots, um, you don't have people transferring ballots uniformly, and you and and the, you don't have people voting as you would expect them to. Um, for example, in Burlington. Uh, the there are there's a fraction of the far right candidate whose voters preferred the far left candidate rather than the centrist. Um, similar things yeah. happened in British Columbia, in Australia. The supporters of a given candidate are basically never uniform in their preferences. So you're going to have even if you do have a a candidate who is doing their honest best to choose who um, to, to determine what is best for their voters they're going to get it wrong to a certain degree no matter how they choose yep yeah that's true that's also true for I uh, heard about an idea with IRV where your candidate can withdraw at any point. Um, 
if they feel like they're becoming a spoiler. And I could see that being true for for that as well. But I kind of do like it better than just normal IRV. So, uh... It's so like, what do you guys think about other forms of, I guess, participatory democracy? Like, what happens if you like, it, you don't like the like acid? Obviously, you choose the representative, but in like other forms of participatory democracy, you can like recall your representatives. What do you guys think about that? That's I don't know anything about that. It's a little bit more complicated than what I'm thinking it is. It's I guess it'd be kind of like the Soviet Union before the so like. Like the Soviets of the Soviet Union, it's like interesting. They were actually originally democratic, and you could actually like with you could like uh, over. It's huh. it's complicated. It it makes no sense to me, but it, it it worked, I guess, until until people decided to just until it didn't. Yeah, <laughs> everything works until it doesn't. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, and I'm not completely certain what you mean by pers- uh, by participatory democracy. Yeah, we should just forget it. I, I I don't even know how to describe this. It's it's. A, I'm just looking at different systems, and I'm like, we probably should mention this before we get in on to our other things. So, what do you guys think? Voting systems need to be Condorcet or no? I don't think they need to. No. We probably should define what Condorcet is first, actually. <laughs> so, uh, a, a Condorcet winner is someone who, who would beat every other candidate one versus one if it was only between them. I'm sorry for interrupting you. You should you should go on. Kieran, I can't say your name. Sorry, Kieran. Kieran, thanks. Sorry. It's fine, Kieran. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I I agree that um, Condorcet is Condorcet is desirable but not perfect. Um, if you have, if the best information that you have is ranked ballots, then I agree that Condorcet is the best possible outcome. If there's a Condorcet yeah. winner, they should win. Um, the concern that I have is that ranked information leaves a lot of stuff on the table. That's a lot of information. If you have, um, if you have two Democrats and a Republican, the Republic, uh, one of the Democrats might end up being the second place of both the Republican and the Democrat, except the Republican thinks that number two, that uh, voted that person second from the last while the Democrat voted them second from the top. And there's a lot of information yeah. there. Um, it, there's also the fact that there's no... that The ranks are by definition equally spaced, which doesn't which doesn't necessarily follow. Uh, for uh, the, My favorite example of this uh, in the real world is... Um, 2016, the Rio Olympics, uh, the 800-meter women's freestyle. Katie Ledecky was basically racing her own world record because nobody was anywhere near her. The difference between her first place, uh, her 
her time in first place and second place was almost as big as the difference between second place and eighth place, the last person in the race. So if you have, if you're just work looking on, on rankings, it's like, oh, this person came in second. That's pretty good. Well, yes, it's, it's amazingly good. It just isn't anywhere near what first place was. And that's the fundamental, one of the fundamental objections I have to ranked voting methods is that you miss, you have order of preference, but you don't have degree of preference. So you think score voting is the best? I do. Okay, we probably should define score voting. Score voting is basically, <laughs> you have like a number, one to ten, and you're like, uh, candidate asshole, one. Candidate amazing, super saint, ten. Uh, an easier way to explain it is score voting is GPA for candidates. You, you Each voter says... I like this person to this degree. I think they are, they deserve a 10 out of 10 or an A plus or what have you. And each voter scores each of the candidates and then you take all of the ballots and you take the average of whatever score that is, whatever, what those scores are, how the evaluations of these candidates um, and whoever has the highest score wins. One of the nice things about it is that it um, score voting is one score voting along with approval is are among the few that I'm aware of that it in which it is safe always safe to vote for vote your favorite as as your favorite. Yeah, well, Condorcet, it's okay to rank your favorite as your favorite always. Not true. It fails favorite betrayal. Um, you can. Uh, okay. It is a. Biz- it is a lot harder for it to fail. Um, for it to. Uh, for it. For an honest favorite to screw things up, but it is te- still technically possible. Um, Condorcet is that just in the is, tie breaking? If there's a cycle, or is it? If uh... I don't, I'm not. I don't recall precisely. Um the scenario in which in which it fails yeah uh, it's probably because Condorcet has a, a problem where there can be a cycle of winners basically like if three people are playing rock paper scissors and you know they each do different things there's no winner and so in those instances yeah it's probably true that you could uh rank someone higher or you could rank your favorite lower, and that'd be a good thing, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah that... And actually, I was going to say, there is a bit of a problem with score voting where you it might not be desirable. Theoretically, with score voting, you're kind of incentivized to rank your favorite candidate uh, like as high as possible, and your least favorite candidate, you rank them as low as possible. But you don't really want to rank your other candidate. If you like, like Theoretically, you're going to get more votes for your favorite candidate if you do sort of 10 and then you give like a one to everybody else. Theoretically, it's somehow favored. that is a theory. Um, that is a that is a often argued um, flaw in score voting. The counter argument to that is that 
if you if you do engage in such tactical voting, uh, min max uh, approval style voting, um, you also run the risk of either a later preference beating your favorite or your least favorite beating somebody that you prefer, depending on how you how you put it. So, so your worst candidate could end up beating everybody, whereas if you had voted more honestly, you would have gotten your second choice rather than your 12th. Of course, star kind of solves all that, so I guess this really is an irrelevant question. Um, star does solve that, but I'm not comfortable with the way that it does that. So star is... Uh, an ang uh, angram, no, whatever. Stars star acronym. is a acronym. Thank you. Star yeah. is an acronym for um, score, then automatic runoff. Um, you take the top two. Uh, you take the top two score voting winners. So the score, the score winner, and the score runner up, and then you look at all of the ballots and say, on how many ballots does a win on how is a preferred to be how many ballots is b preferred to a whichever one has the highest pile of those two wins um my concern with that is the um the vegetarian problem uh cgp gray has a video on um uh, voting for people who don't let, want to deal with voting and don't want to have to back out the pen and paper and geek to to run it the scenario you have um, is if you have uh, theoretically, if you have a bunch of people who say we want I don't know, pepperoni pizza and somebody else says, and, and there's another significant group that says we want mushroom pizza because we're vegetarians. Depending on how how big the difference is between the vegetarian the the number of people who prefer the pepperoni pizza that are also you know okay with okay with mushroom but they would prefer pepperoni you could have everybody would be happy if you got mushroom but a slight majority prefers pepperoni so we're going with pepperoni and then you end up with the um, vegetarians going without. Um, that's the reason that I'm that I say that Condorcet is desirable but not as important as uh, consensus representation. Okay. And one more system and then I'm going to get to our final part. Uh, mm -hmm. Voting. I was told from a person uh -huh. section to introduce that. So I think Kind of past the point we talk about Buckland voting, but I figured we should do that real quick. Um, Buckland voting is an interesting one. Um, uh, yeah, my Buckland voting um, is where is a ranked system where you count up the first votes, and then if no one has a majority, then you add people's second preferences. <clears throat> Um, and then if no one still has a majority, then you add the third preferences and so on. 
and then whoever gets the most votes wins as soon as the threshold of 50% wins. Um, the, the problem with that is you are incentivized to vote for only your favorite because if you vote for if you rank your second person down then your votes your second preference is going to be added to that person so it's better to just leave your favorite and then other people will add their vote to you so it kind of becomes this uh game of chicken almost where you're like whoever doesn't rank people is the one is the candidate who wins if their voters don't rank anyone else second third and there are even worse scenarios than that um one of the particularly bizarre patho uh, voting pathologies is something called um uh what is it uh dark horse plus three where you have oh, yeah. for example for example, slightly less than a third prefers candidate A, slightly less than a third prefers candidate B, slightly less than a third prefer prefers candidate C, and all of like six people actually like candidate D, right? Nobody likes D. And because nobody likes D, the A voters are thinking, hey, if under Buckland or Borda, Borda count is another um, one like this, but which is top down, uh, bottom up rather than top down, but it's basically the same sort of counting. Um, uh, with the A voters are thinking, hey, if I vote honestly, then that means that B or C might win. But if I put D as my second choice, then 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 maybe then maybe A will win because all of the other people are going to be voting for A rather than D, except the B voters are thinking that too, and the C voters are thinking that too, and all of a sudden you have D with, in the sec like, 10 votes in the first round and 100% in the second, and everybody's like, wait, w what happened? And you have the worst possible candidate in office. So, there are bizarre incentives in a lot of these voting methods There's, that's kind of the reason that nobody is seriously i'm not aware of anybody who's seriously pr uh, pushing for borda or bucklin um voting though we did try it for a while in some cities in the united states back in the 30s i think yeah that's why i was asking because uh, some like said that look at this historical voting system it was pretty cool and i'm like okay it is pretty cool. The The trouble that a lot of people have um, with voting methods is that they look at it and they say, oh, hey, this is neat. And they don't try to break it. Um, they don't try to see how it could go wrong, um, which is a fundamental flaw of human cognition. But it is really dangerous when you can end up with a system that could get better than what we have now, but could also get a lot worse. Hey, Oreo. And some of those are out there. Sorry, I'm calling my dog. Oreo? Okay, just making sure he's whining. Sorry about that. <clears throat> and I'm sorry for cutting you off. Is there anything else you have to say? Um, no, mostly it's just mostly that um, one uh, to plug score voting because 
according to all of the simulations that I found, it um, it's actually pretty good at finding the sort of representation that, that we were talking about earlier. Um, and as a result of that makes it, according to some of the simulations I've run, it makes it pretty hard to gerrymander uh, because you can't, you can't crack groups as well. Uh, splitting groups into different, uh, splitting a majority into, into a lot of different groups such that they are not quite a majority in any of them. If you do that, you just end up with very, um, very B-like A districts. So, huh. I never thought about that before, but I I could see how that's possible because you get the if you try to split them into where they're the minority, they're going to have a very strong opinion about one candidate, get a very good turnout, rank them or not rank them, but give them the full score. Is that what you're kind of saying? Yeah, so so if you have Let's say you have a gerrymandered so that the yellow team is a 45% minority in a whole bunch of districts. Um, and then you have the, I don't know, purple team um, in that same district. Yes, it's it's technically a purple district because a majority of the people are purple. but And you'll probably end up with a purple candidate. But that purple candidate is going to be very sympathetic to the yellow voters because they because if there's a purple candidate that is sympathetic to yellow voters and one that isn't, the one that is sympathetic to the yellow voters is going to win. Likewise, packing yeah. is um, and on the other side of the end of the scale, packing when you take a whole bunch of voters that are um, and get like ninety five percent yellow into one district well yeah, okay yes that's just one seat but that one seat is going to be so incredibly yellow so incredibly opposed to doing any sort engaging in any sort of compromise with a purple candidate that you've just given yourself a vote that you were never going to get so it's from what i can tell and now I'm I'm not perfect on this, and I'd love to see somebody try and break this idea. But it looks to me like score voting might make gerrymandering, if not impossible, almost counterproductive. Hmm. Okay, so we're at our final part, which is just sort of real-world relevance. How do we get these voting reform efforts out? <sighs> Well, if you have a lot of social influence, that's the, probably the first thing. I mean, I would, I try to post stuff on social media every once in a while. But I, if for real world changes, you have to go through direct initiatives because the the candidates who are in office, they won on the current voting system. So they're likely not going to want to change it. And there are, um, there are organizations working on this sort of thing. Uh, the Equal Vote Coalition is, um, they're advocating STAR, um, which I will freely admit is probably one of the three or four best methods ever invented. Um, the Center for Election Science at uh, electology.org 
they're the folks who helped reform Fargo get approval voting passed and approval voting is their pet um, their pet uh, method. Um, I'm a member of an organization called Counted at counted.vote. Um, we're actually currently working on getting an initiative for score voting on the 2019 ballot in the city of Olympia. Um, we're trying to find an organization that is sympathetic to you is good. Trying to talk to your legislators. Uh, well, yes, legislators are going to be, legislators, council members are going to generally be reluctant to change away from a method that um, got them elected. I mean, it's working fine. It got me elected, right? Um, if you can actually build a rapport with them, it is possible to get them to recognize that this would be a good thing for society. Because at the end of the day, unless it is against your own personal interest, and significantly so, most people tend to behave pro-socially. They want to be cooperative because we're a social species. I have the papers to back that up. Um, so you can actually, if you develop a, a, um, a rapport and a bond with your legislators, it is possible to get it done through um, standard channels. I'm going to ask one more question, and I think we're pretty clear here. Uh, what about, like, I know how, like, fair vote, like, they get a lot of criticism a lot because sometimes they they kind of are a bit of jerks sometimes. But like, should you compromise and go for like systems that are more reachable and support groups that are more going to win in your district, or should you go for systems that are just objectively better, like score and uh, and star and approval? I mean, if if I had a choice, I would go with a method that I like better, but. I mean, if if Fairville already had some momentum in my area, I, I would I would just roll with it because I think the winners it produces are generally more representative than well, maybe not always the winner is a better winner, but I think it allows more people to run and more uh, meaningful debate to happen pre-election. Um, so I think it's a good thing. I'm going to disagree on this point. Um, while it does allow more people to run, it does not allow more people to win. Uh, we have we've had um, almost a century of of experience with instant runoff voting in Australia. Um, this this coming December will be the hundredth anniversary of their first election using instant runoff voting, and almost every seat in the Australian House of Representatives is held by either Labour or Coalition. They are functionally a, a new party system and they're happy with their voting method despite the fact that it didn't fix anything. They still have negative campaigning. I think Labour spent 75% of their budget on negative campaigning in 2016. Um, mm -hmm. well, Labor's got a lot to criticize about this year. Labor's basically, basically liberals are they're running a horrible campaign. Except, 
except the the coalition are also um running pretty negative campaigns as well that it's not just one side or the other the negative campaigning still exists because it's still a two candidates can win and that's it um and it's it yes you have 10 percent of like eight to ten percent of the australian population give the green party their first place votes but they have uh two-thirds of a percent of the representation in the house of representatives it doesn't actually solve any of the problems and since i'm someone who doesn't actually fit in either party i do not see how i would get any benefit from ranked choice voting and i worry that it will have a placebo effect that would kill voting reform because i'm not aware of any major um voting reform movements in australia since they adopted ranked choice voting i mean they got they got it in the senate but you're kind of right in australia and this sort of i'm here with is basically the only reason they have ranked choice voting is the the, the right wing conservative parties they kept splitting their votes because they're actually a coalition of two parties and they just they're not really the most organized in Australia. So the two parties couldn't really come to an agreement. So they kept running against each other and Labour would just kept stealing seats from them. That's not quite accurate. Um, the first few elections that Australia had were under first past the post. Then after three elections, um, the party that kept getting excluded from the government merged with one of the other parties. And then they had a two-party system. Then in 1919, they adopted instant runoff voting. A third party immediately emerged for two elections, at which point it went entered into coalition. The, the formation of coalition was after the adoption of instant runoff voting, not before. Yeah, I know that. No, I think that's why the coalition, why they, I think that's why they adopted it, is because the two right-wing parties couldn't agree, if I'm correct. I, I'm they couldn't agree. They were slightly different, yes. Yeah. And they were splitting the vote, and they were splitting the vote and playing spoiler to each other, yes. So, uh, Karen, you're you're not really saying that first past the post is better than IRV, but you are saying that if we go to IRV, then it'll have that placebo effect, and people will be like, "Well, yeah, this is this is good," and they won't go for other reforms. And they won't. Yes, uh, it's the analogy that I that I use is that it's like you've got a broken leg, and instant runoff voting is pretty uh, like morphine. You still have the broken leg; it just doesn't feel that bad anymore. (laughs) Okay, that's my concern: is that everybody knows how bad it feels to be forced to vote for somebody that you don't actually like under instant runoff voting you aren't forced to vote to some for somebody that you don't actually like but your vote goes for them eventually anyways you don't get the bad feeling for the sub for the bad result that you're getting and that's the thing that i'm concerned about is that if it were if it were likely that people would see 
instant runoff voting as a stepping stone to something better, then sure, I would be I would be backing the fair vote in my state 100%. But I don't see any reason to believe that they will see it that way. So are any of you guys like thinking you would like run in politics or have you guys run in politics in the past on like on this issue or or just in general? Uh, I'm I'm not much of a politician. I think if I had the opportunity and the means to start a direct initiative uh, uh, and a petition for a a ballot referendum, I would do it. Uh, I don't know if that'll happen, though. (laughs) I would prefer to run initiatives than... um, I prefer to run initiatives and than to run for office simply because as someone as someone who is pushing a structural reform that makes that makes government more representative that is something that basically everybody can get on board with whereas running for office makes you antagonistic to at least some people yeah. And I would rather I would rather push push what I'm actually trying to solve. I I would love for my ideology to be more represented more better represented in politics, but I am more concerned with getting better representation in politics. Well, this is a wonderful discussion. Uh, really good thanks to the subreddit, RNFP. <laughs> really great subreddit. You guys should check it out. And as always, have a great day. Take care. All right. Thanks, Dominic. Bye. Have a good day. See ya. Yeah. See ya. Cheers.